Okay, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and grab those. We're going to be in John chapter 17, and uh, we're going to be looking at the priestly prayer of Christ. But before that, we're going to look at uh, what was leading up to it. John 13 uh, is uh, Jesus and the disciples there in the upper room. And everything that takes place in between 13 and 17 is Jesus with his disciples in that upper room. And so we're going to look at what uh, kingdom praying actually looks like and where it comes from. And so in preparation for uh, this morning's message, just looking at my own personal prayer time with the Lord, I asked myself this question, um, am I kingdom praying? Like, would I, would I boil down the context and and the content of my prayers and describe that as kingdom praying. Uh, the first time when I think, uh, think through even that song, that song was amazing, and the Lord's presence is in this room today. Um, I, the first time I saw and discovered the fact that God used prayer was when I was probably about six years old. Um, I uh, had a wart, I had a couple of warts on my finger, and so I don't know if you've ever been there before, but as a six-year-old, that was a, a thing that was uh, traumatizing when you went to school. And so my dad, Pops, many of you know him, um, when you have a name Pops and when you're called Pops, you're not, you're not known to be a person of detail, okay? So that's a, a key point of today's story. Um, he had some of that uh, wart remover. Any of you have ever used any of that wart remover that you put on? Uh, the skin or on the wart, and if you get it on the uh, skin that's not affected or not the wart, man, it just burns like really, 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 really bad. And so my dad, uh, Pops, came in, and uh, he said, boy, sit in my lap. And so I came and uh, sat up in his lap. He grabbed the wart remover. He caked it on this finger right here, and I remember it was like somebody sucked my finger with a hot iron, like, ah, you know, just just screaming because it was burning so bad. I remember it burned so bad that night, I just laid in bed, and this is what I said. I said, God, if you will, by your grace, remove these warts. And so um, I went to bed that night, and I'm not sure if it was the, the layer upon layer of application he put on there, but the next morning when I woke up, those warts were totally gone. And so I, I remember as like six years old thinking, man, God, you can do anything. And that was in the context of, of warts. And so I'm not sure uh, where, you're, where you are today and what you need God to, to move and what you need God to do in your life today. But I, I, I deeply want you to know this. God is in control. He is sovereign. And he has given us this awesome gift of prayer. You think about in the statement of God when he, when he released his spirit and he cried out, the veil from the, the temple was torn from top to bottom meaning that we have access to God. You, you think about the fact that we were given one mediator between God and man, and that's in the person of Jesus Christ. And so today, as a believer sitting in this room, God has given us the ability to have access through him in prayer. But in all of that, when I was looking at my prayer life, I asked this question, would I, would I say that when I pray, I pray kingdom prayers? I want to give you a couple of quotes uh, the first is this, Charles Spurgeon, that's in your notes. Whenever God determines to do a great work, he first sets his people to pray. You know, I, I want you to think about just in, in that statement, when God determines to do a great work, he first sets his people to pray. And God spoke to my heart when I read that, and I thought, you know, in my current prayer life, would a move of God flow from that because of what I'm asking God to do? Would a move of of 
God be evident in this, in this church or in this community as a result of the prayers that are flowing out of this congregation? What are we asking God to do? And the next is, Andrew Murray says this, a man who mobilizes a Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization. And you think about even the context of those prayers in my life and as a, as a move of God in, in evangelism and, and through power and grace going to flow because of the prayers I'm asking. One of, one of the pictures of this that, that I had the opportunity to be a part of, to be able to see someone that's not praying just selfish, self-centered prayers, but praying for a move of God in his community or a move of God in his church uh, was when we were in Uganda a little over a month ago. Um, there, uh, there was uh, many things in Uganda, and if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I, sh I shared some of those stories, um, but we served at a refugee camp um, in Uganda that had 55,000 to 75,000 South Sudanese people that have been, um, really, they, they have retreated from their country because of war. And, uh, and so we were serving that community, we were do, putting in cisterns, we were um, preaching at different locations, and so um, Sunday we showed up, we went, I had the opportunity to preach at a church, it was amazing, um, the energy level, the worship was, was just um, unbelievable, and, uh, and then Monday we were going with the, with the thought of work, and, uh, and work in that day, for that day, was like 150 yards um, of uh, trench that was having to be dug. And that was just one leg of it. And so I'd, I'd gotten there, I'd had the grubbing hoe in my hand, I was working, you know, I, you know, only about three or four licks, and then Sostin, which is one of the pastors, comes up, and he says, Pastor Garrett. And I said, yes, Sostin. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, would you like to preach today? And I looked at the grubbing hoe, and I said, yes, Sostin. <laughs> you know? I handed the grub and hoe off to one of the able-bodied teenagers, and they went to work, and I hopped in a vehicle with, uh, with three guys, and, uh, and it, Sostin wasn't one of them. And so, uh, so I, I hopped in the car, and there was one translator there, and he was driving, and we just took off. And I, again, I, I knew none of these guys. We were going uh, through little villages and uh, little trails, and the next thing I know, we pop out in this, uh, this, it wasn't even a clearing, just on top of a hill, and he points down the trail, and he says, we are here. And I say, okay. And I get out of the car, walk down the trail, and there's this tree, and then there's this opening, and there is 12 kids and two adults. And he says, you sit here. And I sat down, and he starts walking off, and I was like, hey, where, where are we going? You know? And he said, you just stay here. There'll be somebody else coming. And I said, okay. And he gets in the car, and they drive off. And so I'm sitting here looking at these, these 12 kids and two adults, and uh, and we're just sitting there staring at each other. And then a few minutes later, I hear boom, 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 like drums coming. And so all of the fears that you would assume were happening inside of me thinking, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And uh, I was thinking, Jim McBride's nowhere around. I don't have any help. And, uh, and sure enough, like I see um, coming through the weeds, people are, are walking and 120 people gather up. And uh, again, there are like four chairs sitting up front and all of these people um, had filed in, and there's no translator still there, and so I'm still a little stressed out, a little worried, but trying to get into it, put on the, you know, game face, and then a uh, translator comes in, and he sits down next to me, and I say, praise the Lord, I'm glad that you're here, um, we can have revival now, and then in the worship time, there's this man, uh, I look off to the side, I see something coming through the uh, brush, and there's this man that has flip-flops on his hands, and his feet, or his legs are deformed, folded in underneath him, and he comes and he walks up 
um, uh, next to a chair. There's a, a chair seated next to me, um, and uh, the translator leaned over to me. He says, this is a chair of honor because he is the founder of our church. He's the one that founded the church, and so we have a picture of him uh, here. Um, he, uh, he gets up in the chair, and, and this church is only two months old, and there was already 120 people gathered. And so a lot of amazing things happen. And this is what, the reason why I draw your attention to this man before we dive into this. I want you to think about all of the things that this man could be praying for. He could be praying for his physical condition. He could be praying for the fact that he has been removed from his country because of fighting. Um, his family members had been killed. His uh, brother the week before had died. And he was traveling back the next day from this picture to go back to South Sudan to go to his funeral. So all of those things that this man could be praying for, at the end of the service, I, I, um, I asked him, I said, sir, what, what are some things that I can pray for? You know what is number one thing that he said? He says, um, pray that we could get a, a church, get a structure so that we can worship together. The translator leaned over next to me and he said uh, this, he said, this man has brought unity to this tribe. You think about the move of God. And so the next picture is this. Uh, when we left, we were able to give some money. And this was what happened. Seven days after we had given them the money, they had already had uh, this structure up. Now they have it all muddied in, muddied in and they have uh, pews. And this is where they're worshiping today. Isn't that awesome? So the question is today, in your heart and in your mind, in, in your prayer life, how are you asking God to do something beyond yourself? And so here, when you look at this, kingdom praying comes from, and so again, in, in verse 13, we're just going to skim through 13, 14, um, and into 17. But this shows you the heart of our Savior, and this should reflect the heart of who we are as believers in Christ. The first thing is this, kingdom praying comes from a heart of service for others. Kingdom praying is an outflow of, of service towards others. Look what he says in verse 1. He says, it was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that his time has come, and he was leaving this world to go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in this world, if you underline in your Bible, I encourage you to underline this, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. And Jesus knew that his father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning. So he got up from the mill, he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and drying them with a towel that was wrapped around, around him. So I want you to write this down, and it's just a question. Do your prayers more often, or do you pray more often with a bib around your neck in service to yourself, or an apron around your waist in service to others? You know, all of us in this room, we, um, we are dire to the immediate, right? You know, it's easy for us to be able to see our needs, but it's hard for us to look past ourselves and see um, the actual needs of others. Even the other night, I was praying with uh, my son Caleb in his bed, um, and it was a Friday night before his game on Saturday, and so I was wrapping up the prayer, and uh, Caleb pipes up and says, and that we will win tomorrow. <laughs> you know, 
And even at an early age, you think about that. You know, yes, it's okay to ask the Lord, but is, is it the thing that plagues your heart, the thoughts of who you are and what you're going to get? Jesus is showing us this model of kingdom praying being a heart of service. Number two is kingdom praying is, or comes from a heart that trusts in God's ability. It, it is um, trusting in God's ability, the fact that, God, you hold all things in your hands and you have the ability to do anything. Look what he says in verse 14, starting in verse 1, or chapter 14, verse 1. It says, do not let your heart be troubled. How many of you right now, because of something that is in your heart, your heart is troubled? It says, trust in God, trust also in me. And here he's speaking to eternity. He's talking to his disciples because he had already told them that he was going to be leaving them. He says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Philippians 4, verse 6. Many of you know this verse. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will do what? It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's so many things, guys, and um, in this world and maybe in your life right now. Um, there, there are so many things in, in my life right now that, that can uh, capture my heart and capture my mind and plague our thoughts. But here, when you look at Jesus, a couple of things that he's drawing points out, these are the last moments with his disciples before his crucifixion and, um, and then eventual ascension into heaven. And he tells them a principal point of and serve other people, and then trust in God. Number three is this. Kingdom praying comes from a heart of submission to God's will. Kingdom praying comes from a heart of just, just submission, like taking uh, your needs, your requests before the Lord and saying, God, whatever you have in this situation, whatever you desire in this, that, that my heart is in full submission to what you have. Look what he says in John 15, 9. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my, my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remained in my love, or in his love. You know, one of the things that, that I'll emphasize this point, Tracy and I, um, many of you know, and you were uh, walking with us, you were praying with us, um, uh, with uh, Gabe and everything. We, have, we had a son several years ago, for those of you that are new here, um, that is now with the Lord. And, um, and it was a long, drawn-out process of, of um, ups and downs when he was in the hospital. Um, many things, he had had a couple surgeries. We're up in Augusta. He had had a couple surgeries, and things looked like they were turning around and going good. And then, um, you know, it was just one of those nights. We, we were exhausted. Tracy had been in the hospital for 10 weeks um, prior to this, and so uh, we had been up in Augusta for four weeks. Some of our family members said, uh, Garrett, Tracy, y'all just go, uh, go and relax. Y'all go spend the night. And so at 1 a.m., we uh, find ourselves in a, um, a, a new friend's home up in their upper room, and we were um, about to go to bed. And Tracy said this. She said, Garrett, I just feel like... <clears throat> I feel like we just need to... Ask the Lord to, uh, for his will, his will in this. And I remember 
in that bed with my wife, just saying, God, whatever your will is, whatever your will is in this, God, you be glorified. That next morning, whoo, that's, uh, that next morning, my son stepped into eternity. Jesus says, serve other people. Trust God. And be okay with being fully submitted to his will. Kingdom praying, you think about this. Warren Wearsby said this awesome quote. He says, it's much easier to bow the knee than it is to bow the heart in submission to God. You know, in all of our lives, we're going to find ourselves at the point of standing at maybe an obstacle or um, a struggle or a thing. And we literally have to get before the Lord and say, God, you know what? I lay all of my wants down. The thing that I want most out of anything is your glory and your name going forth. So now we find ourselves in John chapter 17. This is a priestly prayer of Christ. And I want you to think about this. Um, Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. He not only washed those that were going to follow and pursue him and carry out his ministry, but he also washed the one that would betray him. And then for the, the other chapters leading up to 17, it was just him teaching and overflowing um, all of this wisdom and reminding them that he is going to send a comforter to them, that his Holy Spirit would come and remind them of the things that he had taught them. And here he, he begins this. So kingdom praying is this. This is the model. If you were to write down what kingdom praying should look like for us as a church and for me as an individual is this. Kingdom praying is communication birthed from a real relationship with our Father. It is at the very crux of everything a true relationship with a God that loved you, that saved you, and opened up a relationship with you. He is your heavenly Father. And so the times when I uh, flippantly say a prayer at evening meal or flippantly right before I stand up here and speak, man, that is, that is communication to the God that loved you, sent his son to die on the cross for you, and, and holds your eternity in his hands. You know, I, I think back to before I was saved, and maybe you're here today, and you, you come to church or you found yourself here today, but you've never given your heart and life to Jesus. I remember... Um, multiple times um, making prayers to God, saying prayers to God uh, before I even got saved. A lot of those were, um, Lord, I didn't study for this test. Lord, infuse my mind with some supernatural ability to where I know the answers. Or, or God, that is a pretty girl. And Lord, um, make me look better to her. You know, <laughs> those, those types of prayers. But in your, in your heart and in your, in your prayer life is... Is it bathed in the fact that he is your father and, and that relationship is the thing that drives the content of what you pray? Number two is this, kingdom praying is focused on the mission of God being fulfilled in and through our lives. It's the mission of God being fulfilled in and through our lives. Look what Jesus said. He says, for you have granted me authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given me. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Look what he says in verse 4. If you underline, I encourage you to underline this. I have brought 
you glory on earth by completing the work you've given me to do. And is, is that your heart? Like when you wake up in the morning time, and I ask these same questions to myself, is it your heart that you woke up this morning to complete the task that God has given you to do today? Kingdom praying is, is focused in on that. It's, it's saying, God, you have a mission for me today, and it's not just what Garrett wants and what Garrett desires. It's not what you want. It's not what you desire. It's just, it's God, what is your mission? You ever been a part of something that was amazing? Like this past week, um, our uh, SCA boys, they, uh, they uh, won region, I believe it was, and the middle school girls won state. And, uh, and I've been in situations like ninth grade. Um, I, I was riding the bench a lot when I was at Lee County. But when they would win a game, and there were very few in those days that we won games, but I would celebrate with the team. I was like, yeah, go us, you know. Um, this, is, this is awesome. And, and this is a thing with, with life. Um, all of us that entered into a relationship with the Lord, that's what we get to do with the kingdom of God, that we get to say, go us, go God, go just kingdom work all around this world because we're part of something bigger and this world is bigger than, than who we are and what we find ourselves and our identity is in when we step into that relationship. Number three is this, kingdom praying is being uh, faithful to the gift of the gospel and the command of discipling others. Look what he says in verse 6. He says, I've revealed you. And I, again, I, I encourage you to underline. I know this is Jesus speaking, but, but it's also our responsibility. I've revealed you to those in whom you have given me out of this world. You know, I think about my, my kids that are on the front row here. And they're being really good right now. Um, my responsibility is to reveal to them who Christ is and speak to them and teach them and show them. You know, it, it's, it's to the student ministry and college ministry and it's, it's to this community. But the same is for us. God made us light. He says we were once darkness, but now we're light. Live as children of light. Are you doing that on a daily basis? They were yours and you gave them to me. And they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me has come from you. For I gave them your word that you gave me. And they've accepted it. Number four is this. Kingdom praying is commitment to living distinctly different from this world. If you were here last, um, um, last Sunday night, there was a, a guy that was named Dawson. Going back to the fact that we are responsible stewards over the gospel where we should be and discipleship. Um, Dawson uh, was baptized. It, it was amazing. They, they only come on Sunday night because his mom's work schedule prevents him from being able to be here. Um, and, uh, and so two weeks ago, he came forward. We, we have a time of prayer um, down at the altar with uh, the staff, and he came forward, and um, he and his mom said, hey, um, Dawson has made a profession of faith, and we, we want you to counsel with him and talk with him. And so I had the opportunity that night to be able to uh, counsel with him. And then um, the following Sunday, last Sunday, we were able to baptize him. But one of the awesome things about what Dawson said was this. He said, man, I've, I've been going to my room and I've been uh, listening to podcasts and I would be doing devotionals. And he said, during that process was when God revealed himself to me. And so it wasn't during a message. It wasn't during any evangelistic, you know, 
um, event. It was just him alone with, with the scripture and God speaking to him. And he says, it's been amazing because what God has birthed in me is a passion for my friends. A passion to, to see my friends uh, know Christ. And so he says, he'll go and he'll study and then he'll go to school the next day and he'll, he'll share with them the word that, that the Lord taught him. The thing for all of us in this room that, that are believers in Christ, that is the gift that God has given us, the gift of the gospel. And he's given us his word. And here Jesus is saying, hey, you, you've, um, God, you gave me your word and I've been faithful to steward that and give it to others. But the question is for, for us today, are we stewarding the gospel well and are we sharing the word like God has, has naturally done to us? You know, isn't it amazing to see like new people come into uh, faith in Christ, these, these people that um, haven't grown up in the church, maybe haven't gotten indoctrinated with bad practices, but they get saved and then their natural response to salvation and the spirit of God living in, and existing inside of them is the desire to see their friends get saved and to share the word of God because they know, man, this is awesome and this is life-changing. It's just amazing to see that take place. Look what he says in verse 15. My prayer is that not that you take them out of this world, but you, that you protect them from the evil one. You know, I, I think often, and even when I read this, um, and I just live in ignorance of the desire for the evil one to bring destruction in my life. If you write, I, I want you to write down John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. If we're going to do kingdom praying, we've got to live in the awareness that the enemy is, is desiring to attack us, but also those around us. He's praying. Jesus is praying for us in this capacity. Say, so, man, the, the evil one wants to attack them. He wants to distract them. He wants to place. It, it, often when we think about the evil one, we think destruction in our lives. But what if the thing that he brings in your life is prosperity and the things of this world that you chase after more than you chase after God? What if that's the thing that, that at the end of your life was the most destructive thing for the purpose of God being fulfilled in your life? Was that something of this world was shinier than who God desired to be in your life, and you ran hard after that, and at the end of your life, you realize the content of your days were given to things that really didn't matter. And here he's speaking, and he says in verse 16, it says, they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. You know, I asked myself this question, would, like, that's Jesus speaking that over me, but I live that way, that I am not of this world. And I'm distinctly different in my practices and the things that I prioritize. Look what he says. Sanctify them by the truth. If you underline, underline that. And it says this, your word is true. Your word is true. As you have sent me into this world, I've sent them into this world. So God has sent us into this world to live distinctly different, to reflect the fact that we are his children for them I have sanctified myself, and listen and underline if you do, that they too may be truly sanctified. That word sanctified means to be set apart and declared holy. To be set apart and declared holy. When you stepped into a relationship with the Lord, you know what he did? He set you apart, and he declared you holy. You say, man, I, I, you don't know. You don't know what I do. 
well, you don't know what I do, you know. It's, it's God set you apart and he made you holy. What did he just say right, right before that? He says this, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. So positionally before the Lord, God set you aside and declared you holy. But how do you daily become more like Jesus? By you applying the truth of God's word and allowing God's word to wash over you and chisel away this cold, dead flesh. You know, the, the thing is often for me, the times that I, I neglect getting into God's word, because you can read God's word on a daily basis, but you can neglect getting into it and allow it, allowing it to get into you. I don't know if you've ever been in a church service where it was just like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 and then you wait, you know, okay, we're supposed to go now, you know, and just you walk out. You know, times in, in scripture can be that way too when you're having your quiet time and it's, and it's not getting into who you are. The way that we are sanctified by his word washing over us. But hear clear, you were set apart and declared holy at the moment of salvation. At the moment of salvation. So for those of you in this room that don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the biggest obstacle for you is, has been, well, I'm just so dirty, I'm so filthy, I've got so many issues, I need to fix this, I need to fix that. The, the promise in the scripture is this, when you come to Christ, he sets you apart and he declares you as holy and pure and clean. That salvation is made available to you today. Number five is this, kingdom praying is focused on eternity with a commitment to finish well. Look what he says in verse 24, it says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me and where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of this world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. Verse 26 says this, I have made you known to them. And listen to his commitment, and I will continue to make you known. In order that the love you have for me may be in them, and if you underline in scripture, that I myself may be in them. You know the awesome thing about God in these moments and Jesus in this moment, he's, he's speaking to his heavenly father and he's praying these prayers over his disciples, but also in that passage, it, it speaks to those that, that follow the faith because of their teachings as well. So he's, he's praying this, this is an act of prayer even for you. The reason why we should cry out for kingdom prayers is this. The spirit of God, the spirit of the son lives and exists inside of us. And so it's not just what we isolated see in our lives currently standing right in front of us, but is the kingdom of God and the expansion of the gospel and this world being changed as a result of God's spirit living and existing inside of us. Francis Chan says this, our greatest fear should not be failure, but succeeding in things in life that really don't matter. So many of my days are given to things at the end of my life really won't have any eternal value. As what if God in this congregation and you as an individual birthed kingdom praying to be your heart focus? That your initial wasn't 
What does Garrett have to do today? What are the things that Garrett desires? What, what does even his family need? What if it was beyond just what was isolated around me, but it was positionally, God, what do you want to do in our community? What do you need to do in our church? What do you want to do in our world? God, I'm seeking you. It was birthed out of that personal devotion to the Lord. We're going to get into a time of, of response, and this is what I want you to know. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of, of invitation, and my prayer is this. God today offers you, positionally, the opportunity to be known as his child, his daughter, his son. Whatever obstacles that have stood in the way of you responding to Christ before today, and he wants to declare you holy and set apart. And today he is offering that to you. The question is, are you going to allow him to do that for you? I'm telling you, the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life is what you do with the gift of salvation. And for us as, as a followers of Jesus, the next important thing is, what do we do with the gift of salvation? What have we done with the gift of prayer? Are we praying kingdom prayers? So I want you to stand to your feet and close your eyes. I want to pray over us. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the extension of the gospel is, is here today. God has made every thing available to you. He has paved the way for you to come and know him as Savior. Don't let the enemy whisper in your ear. Don't let fear stand in the way. You respond to the gospel today. For the rest of us in this room, it's just a simple question. Are you praying kingdom prayers? Have you come to God in service to yourself or in service to others? Are you trusting him? Are you in submission to what he desires to do in and through you? And are you praying for his kingdom coming here on earth? So however you need to respond to the Lord, if you need to make this an altar just coming to say, God, reprioritize my prayers and my intercessions, or if you need to come to him in salvation, however you need to respond, I encourage you to do so today. Father, we love you. God, I know the only thing that's going to change and transforms hearts is the, the working of your Holy Spirit. And so today I pray that you would move in people's lives. They are not here by accident today. So Lord, may you be glorified in people responding to your voice and their hearts. In Jesus' name.